Hello and welcome to the Beyond the Kitchen Table podcast, a podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a successful business. My name's Marie and I'm a website designer based in the UK. And each week I will bring you simple and actionable tips to help with your website, your marketing and just running a small business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Beyond the Kitchen Table podcast. This week I have an exciting guest for you all, Paula Hatfield. Now, Paula is a personal development coach, and she specializes in helping people to navigate the often tricky junctions in midlife. We all go through them. And she equips her clients with resources for their well-being whilst they're in the middle of the mayhem. And she also teaches them how they can grow from their experiences, helping them to find their happy. And it's no surprise that Paula's business is called Hub of Happy. So first of all, welcome, Paula. Oh, thank you, Marie. Thanks for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. No worries. Now, I've given an introduction, but can you please explain you know, a little bit more about your business and what it is exactly that you do? Well, like you say, I coach um, people who are navigating midlife. Um, midlife is kind of like a wake-up call for a lot of people. It's a time of reassessment and change. For some people, it just it just might mean that they are thinking about doing something different for a living or just thinking about changing something up. For others, um, they can experience big life challenges, um, uh, often a big sort of culmination of challenges as well. That's really a big area of my work, is actually helping people with those, um, I guess, sort of clusters of big life challenges. Um, and like you say, I, I really, there's two areas to the work. It's to help them to find resources to navigate that while they're in the middle of it. So sort of um, stress management um, solutions uh, and to support them, to support them because often when we're in the middle of that mayhem, we just can't see the wood for the trees. But then also to help them um, to help them to sort of see how they can grow from those experiences. So a lot of people would tend to think, oh, this is really stressful. This is going to pass, you know, um, Time's going to pass. I don't have to deal with it. I just keep my head down. But for me, it's all about how you can navigate it really to minimize the collateral damage and to um, minimize it so it doesn't impact on your well-being and your longevity. That's really what I'm interested in. Um, you know, because time doesn't heal you. It's, uh, it's not time that heals you. Time elapses. But if you use that time um, to really think about what's going on, um, and how to utilize those really difficult times to make that a time of positive change. It, it is possible. And because uh, often, you know, like big life challenges, like losing a loved one, like grieving and, or maybe um, sort of, uh, you know, separation or divorce, um, maybe in conjunction with um, challenges with your own health, um, there, there'll be like a grieving process in that. But actually, I'm concerned about how can I help somebody to navigate it and come out the other side of feeling, okay, I went through that, but I've learned from it. And now, um, again, it's the time of reassessment and change, but a lot of people, they want to do something different. They want to embrace life. Their, their mortality may have smacked them in the face and they want to do something um, important with their life. But um, the cha- it's the challenges and the cluster of challenges that can often mean that people feel stuck. Um, so that's that's where I come in. That's where my role comes in. That's really helpful. And I want to go through some of those challenges in a moment. But before we do that, um, one of the things I'm always interested in is so many of my clients have um, changed career and yeah. 
come on to to do something else. And so I'd like to understand, because I know you haven't always done this, but what you used to do and indeed how you got started with this. Yeah. So my initial training is in art and design and I used to coach creatives um, and I I made a change probably um, from that, which was, I think, I, well, gosh, I did that for 16 and a half years, um, became managing director and the more senior I became, the more happy I became and the more stressed I became. And it was actually my own, my own exploration into stress management that made me curious about taking a different path eventually as a career I did lots of training um it was a really um unhappy extreme childhood experience that led me to explore talking therapies and i i looked into using well i, I tried psychotherapy and counseling for a bit and whilst i have a really high regard for it, it it really didn't help me it meant that i was delving into that trauma and it was re-traumatizing me. And an actress that I was seeing at the time said, oh, you should check out this lady. She does like a form of coaching with an integrated body, um, body work therapy. And it, it did sound quite wacky at the time because this, we're talking, God, we're, to, we're talking late 90s. And I, I had been in psychotherapy and counseling for a couple of years. And then I told this therapist, who I still see to this day, and I think I had such incredible advancements and progress after seeing her for just two or three years. But I thought, this is, this is mind-blowing. I've, I've got to one day do this. Um, but of course, I concentrated on my own journey with that. And I also trained to become a holistic practitioner using bodywork and healing modalities as well. And eventually um, set up my own business, um, I, I think, in... 2000 2002 so um but all but that that trans that transition was quite slow and i think it's really interesting um thinking about coming to chat to you i saw actually most of my transitions in what i've done for a living what i practice have been very slow and i'm very intuitive so even when i make a decision that i'm going to make a change it's never a quick one yeah very thoughtful and curious and I tend to straddle things. So whilst I was managing director of this firm, this illustration agency, I was also doing loads of training. I actually don't, don't know how I did it, but I didn't have children, so that might have something to do with it. <laughs> uh, and then um, and then I, I did have children and when they became old enough to not need me enough, I started to embark on my journey to train for, for coaching. Um, what I loved about coaching was not only the, the advances that I made very quickly, it was, it was the not having to go into the detail about my past. So this um, adverse childhood experience I counted, I don't want to keep talking about it. I just wanted to move on from it. Mm-hmm. So coaching is forward focused. It concentrates on how you're feeling now and how you want that to be different. Um, so that's why I love it. So I'm very passionate about it. Hi, so we, can, we can hear that definitely. And I know from knowing you that certainly comes across uh, all of the time. Now, you've touched already on the fact that there are a lot of challenges when you hit midlife. Um, and I don't know quite who designed the fact that you, you encountered teenagers at the same time as you encounter, if you're a parent anyway, at the same time as you often have elderly parents who need more help. And like you say, you may have your, you know, a, a lot of people have more health issues themselves in midlife. Mm-hmm. Plus you're dealing with things like the fact you might be, you know, coming up to retirement and you might also, um, you know, have issues to do with mortality 
you know, confronting mortality yourself. So there's this sort of perfect storm. So can you explain maybe sort of some of those challenges that that we encounter in navigating midlife and also some tips on how to deal with them or how to deal with the fact that they, several of them hit at once. They may not all hit at once, but several of them hit at once. Well, firstly, um, by the time most of us reach midlife, which is now considered the age between the ages of 40 and 65, I think, currently, um, most of us would have encountered big, big life challenges or experiences. And like I've mentioned before, they can be, um, I guess, helping care for a parent who's, or, or a relative who's sick or elderly, and the loss of a loved one, redundancy, um, separation or divorce. Um, trauma can come up in midlife if it's unresolved. So when I talk about big life challenges, it can just be that if you haven't resolved something and then on top of that, you have um, these other challenges um, come along, then it, it can be can be a, sort of a crux point for a lot of people if that's such a thing. But it's it, it becomes, like you say, the perfect storm. Um, I, think, I think the sort of what it tends to do is leave you feeling like you don't have a sense of purpose because you're grieving either a marriage or a job or your children leaving home. And there is a grieving process in that. Um, you know, so you may have a loss of identity or sense of purpose, but they're the kind of things that I help people with. Um, and I'm no stranger to experiencing big life challenges of my own. I've mentioned like a really early one in my life, but I recently navigated what I call a three-year shit show. Sorry to swear, but it, it was it was diabolical. And I think um, so. Mine was an unwanted um, separation and divorce. Um, my business practically sort of dissolving in lockdown, which gives me immense purpose because uh, my other business is a, a long-standing one of twenty-two years, and I love it. It's a holistic well-being practice. Um, and then my mum being diagnosed with cancer and uh, subsequently passing away at the end of. 2022 it was quite it was quite protracted it felt relentless um but I think because of the years of coaching that I've had I knew I was resilient I knew I knew of methods that would help me um some of those are just very simplistic ones that are really more commonplace now in in our I guess in social media and our awareness of things like um breath work um but mainly talking about it I think I think like I said, if, if people can find a way of processing their emotions and these big life events without necessarily having to talk about the detail, I think it becomes more attractive. Because mm. if people say, oh, I've got to go and talk about this awful thing and I know it's going to make me cry or it's going to make me emotional and I don't want to feel that uncomfortable. Coaching is different. You'd, I'm trained in modalities that mean you don't have to tell me about the detail. I have to have a tiny bit of a background, but Really, I'm interested in knowing what you're feeling and how you want that to be different. But I think it's because of the many years of using coaching for myself that I navigated that time relatively easier than I would have done. It wasn't easy. I'm not going to fib about that. But I was able to turn it into a time of enormous personal growth because, you know, I've done that before. And I mean, I, I, have, I have also suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. I hate that word disorder. Um, but I would most certainly say that this recent um, tricky junction in my life, I turned into post-traumatic growth, um, at a time of post-traumatic growth, um, which is a thing. Yes, I've um, heard of that, actually. It's yeah, yeah. a few times recently. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, things I do um, or things that people can do, uh, well, they can they can see a coach or a therapist. And I'm, I'm really not adverse to psychotherapy or counselling. Um, just for me in particular, it didn't work. I have a really high regard for all talking therapies. I think it's really important to find somebody that works for you where the space feels safe, that you can share and offload. Um, we, we all know that, you know, that tale of, you know, a problem problem shared is a problem halved. It's 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 so important, I think, to be able to find space to do that and less than the load. Um, and the more you talk about it, the more you realise, oh, okay, this is something that I have in common with a lot of people. You feel less alone. Again, neurologically, there's something um, that goes on there for us to kind of think that we're not on our own and the problem therefore doesn't feel so weighty. Um, so the things that we can do ourselves, um, I want to come on to, to sort of finding a coach, but other things that we can do ourselves, perhaps for people who are not as impacted as other people that might help navigate this. this yeah, and the, um, yes, there are. And the, again, the, 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 the simplest things that we tend to forget to do, and that's just to look after ourselves, to give ourselves space, to make space in the diary if we're stressed, to get outside. Um, I have a giveaway shortly on my website. Um, which talks about the impact of getting outdoors. We have fractals in nature, so shapes in nature that resonate with fractals at the back of our retina. So actually getting out into nature, uh, into nature is really good at soothing your nervous system. So I'm all about nervous system regulation techniques, really, in my practice. I'm a holistic wellbeing practitioner. It's all about just helping you lower the sense of that heightened stress, just rooting yourself, grounding yourself, so then you can think about what to do next. So, yeah, getting outdoors, exercise is brilliant. Neuroscience has proven that we can sweat out cortisol. And you don't have to go to a gym. You could just literally run up and down your stairs, um, go up for a jog or just, you know, a fast-paced walk. Gentle things like yoga, meditation, so much that is available now. And I think with meditation, a lot of people are turned off from doing it because they think they've got access to their third eye or something and sit in cross-legs pose. There are things now where you could just lie down and be guided through a beautiful body scan meditation. That would do the job. And again, it's not about it's not about creating silence in your brain because we've all got that little voice in our head. It's more about accepting that that little voice is going to be there. But actually, can we just turn our attention away from it and notice our toes and our legs and our knees and work our way up? And just in that minute, you would have created some space. And again, your nervous system will be regulated. There's loads of things there. Um, that will be available on my website but if you just you do a search on the internet there's so much available um but i think breath work is probably um it's become more popular i think a lot of people still underrate the effects of really good breath work there's some brilliant techniques really simple techniques there's a, med- a modality that i practice Embit, which has, has a breath work component and it's it's the simplest breath work i've ever I've ever come across. It's just a balanced breath and you breathe evenly intervals. But when we're stressed, we're not. It's erratic. We hold our breath a lot. Um, and again, if we're not getting oxygen to our brain, we're not able to really think what to do next. Our brain doesn't get the oxygen to be able to process things. So that, that, that would be my advice. Just see, see again what works for you. You can find a yoga online or a yoga class or other things like that. Um, and, and find a companion to do it with. Because sometimes when you have a companion, you're more likely to, to do more of it. Yeah, and I no. think, and also you talk to them as well, certainly. When I go on my dog walks, 
Um, if I'm going out, well, with you know, well, your dog is a companion, but it's probably much nicer if you have another friend with a dog to go and chat to on your dog walk. And exactly. Although I was going to say, my, my dog's the only person in my family who seems to listen to me. But even then, sometimes I, he he just ignores me. <laughs> but I think you know, like you say, being 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 around other people as well, I guess, can help. Um, and you can talk about things and realize that actually most things are fairly normal. You're not alone at the very least in going through That's it. Exactly. Yeah. So so. If talking therapies are not for you, then definitely just sharing it with somebody that you really trust. It's finding a space with somebody that you trust to share that with. I think ultimately it's the simplest form of, of alleviating that pressure. Yeah. Absolutely. And obviously for some people, they obviously need professional help. It's, it, they need to go beyond this. So when should you get professional help? Well, that, that's really personal and um, an individual. But I guess the most common thing that I hear in my practice is when people are feeling uh, grief or loss, feeling paralyzed by fear, um, they are feeling stuck, lost, without a purpose. They're, they're all really good indicators that maybe a talking therapy would work for you. Um, and again, coaching is a great one because it just doesn't, it doesn't entail you having to go into the past. So if, if you've avoided talking therapy before because you're thinking, I don't want to go over that, I'm afraid to talk about it. So if I talk about it, then it becomes a real thing. Uh, I, I get that. Personally, I really get that. And, and that's why I'm really passionate about coaching because you just, it's, it's not required. I'm trained in modalities that mean that you can just tell me I'm feeling like this and I just want to feel different and I can work with that. I can work with the bare essentials. So it's really forward focused. And can we talk about some of those modalities that you use? Because I know that you have a number of different tools in your toolkit, so to speak. So can that's you talk through? Yeah, there's what's called my hub of hippie because I have a few, don't I? <laughs> so if you can just explain what some of them are, and obviously some of them are much more self-explanatory than others. So perhaps if you can talk a little bit about what each of them are. Yeah. So I am trained in psychological approaches to coaching. I am also an NLP practitioner. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. Um, I'm an NBIT coach and a breathwork coach. And there's a few other things, but they're probably the main ones that I use in my practice. Um, to give a couple of examples, if somebody's coming into my practice and they look like they just can't regulate themselves, they're really stressed, I would use breathwork straight away. And I would teach them the simplest thing that they could take away with them. So when they, when they notice that coming up again, either later in the day or in the coming week, that they can access that. They've already got a tool they can just take away and do. Um, so I'd start with that and then I would start with just some really basic coaching, trying to understand the problem they have and where they want to go. Um, if, because I am trained to sort of listen to language and the language that people use. If people are talking about, um, if they're talking about sort of, uh, sort of more deep rooted stuff being a habit that they don't want or a belief that they don't want, or they don't have confidence or something, I would use NLP and hypnotherapy and again you don't you don't have to talk about the issue you don't have to go into any detail about that it's very forward focused and with hypnosis there's a pre-hypnotic interview there's a bit of chatting again it's mainly me guiding you to tell me what it is you do want then I go off and write a bespoke hypnotherapy session you come to my to my therapy room here in in Riverhead or I can do it online it works really well online and then you get the recording and you're required to go off and play that recording for a couple of weeks. And then we catch up and see what the benefits um, have been of that. 
Um, I really love hypnotherapy because because it really helped me um, sort of just move beyond some really really sort of triggering loops that I was thinking um, a few years ago. And another one that I absolutely adore is MBIT, which stands for Multiple Brain Integration Techniques. And um, again, it would be language that I'm listening for here. I would, if somebody was saying, oh, I've got a feeling about that, I really wish I'd done it. I really wish I'd gone and made that decision. I wish I'd listened to my gut. Or if somebody's saying, oh, my heart's telling me this, but my head's saying make this more um, sensible decision. I would do MBIT. MBIT is... It's kind of like, um, it's a neuroscience-based modality that aligns you, it helps you explore and align your 3D neural network. So I guess what constitutes a brain is a neural network. In our head, we have billions of neurons, and that's the brain that gives, we give the most airtime to. Our gut has millions. Um, so we call it our gut brain. Uh, it has been said that the gut brain, so the gut predates the central nervous system. So our gut has a really wise sense of knowing so um, people do often talk about that more than the heart but they'll say oh you know my gut's telling me i've got to i've got to make this decision so i would really tap into that as somebody who's really intuitive i would really tune into my body and think yeah my gut is telling me to make this decision i know this practical one over here might be a good approach but i'm going to go with my gut on this because that feels safer so um, our gut is really ancient, really ancient neural network. And in our heart, we have, we have thousands. Uh, it has been shown on a couple of um, trials. Our heart actually thinks slightly quicker than our head brain. So it's definitely one worth considering. You know, and when we, when, we, when we experience grief, we can experience heart ache, you know, and it's the neural in our heart that will be doing that. So I love that modality. Again, it's, it's quite out there, but I think what I what I love about it is that um, I'm a lover of science and sort of more esoteric approaches, and I love a lot of neuroscience. And I would say my practice is the one that once a client has experienced it, okay, mm, can I have a bit of envy today? They really love it. <laughs> it's very quick. So I have some some that are um, it's very gentle. A lot of my approaches are very gentle, but very powerful and very quick. So. Um, yeah, so that's that's one of my favourites. Um, yeah, I think I think they're the main the main ones that I use. I mix and match. Um, and and if you were to buy, if you were to invest in a mindset reset program, I've just finished coaching somebody over three months. We've done a bit of all of that, and she's loved it. And then she's like, I'm going to come back and do a bit more. But I think I think I might want to just explore this a bit more. You know, so she's. She's choosing the modalities that she thinks she wants to use. Ultimately, I decide. <laughs> that was my job. <laughs> I was going to say, we, we, I think we all do that a little bit with clients. Is we, we, let, we let our clients think that they're in charge, but really. My <laughs> job can take the reins on it, really. So, yes, yeah. yes absolutely. Um, can we change track? And I want to talk a little bit about business that you run, because it's very interesting to hear all about that. And obviously a lot of people listening to this podcast are people who are navigating challenges within midlife, um, but also they're running businesses. So can we talk about what you do as a business? And I think particularly what I'd like to understand is how you get clients, how clients find you or how you find clients. Um, if you can talk a little bit about how you do that and, and particularly which platforms work for you or which platforms you use. Yeah. 
It's just really interesting because um, I don't think there's a real science to it. Um, but I think I think I get a lot from Google. I get um, I get probably my main source of work is referrals. And as a holistic practitioner, I'm quite a well-known practitioner in Seven Oaks. And as a holistic practitioner, we're kind of encouraged to build a network of other practitioners that we can refer to and cross-refer to. My other business is um, uh, holistic body work and, and healing. And if that if that isn't working for a client, I might suggest that they go see an osteopath, for example. So I'm already I'm quite well connected with other therapists in Seven Oaks. I get a lot of cross-referral and people recommended me that way. Um, I get some work from my website, a beautiful web designer did for me. <laughs> Hoping to get more when I finish my NC SEO course with her. Um, and um, I do get some through social, me social media. My main platform that I'm on is Instagram because I love it just for the it's conversation. I find it easy to be conversational on there. And I, and I, fell, out of love, I fell out of love with Facebook when they, they, just, they just kind of pulled my cow. No reason. Oh, I yes, I remember it. that. Yes. And so um, I do, again, with Instagram, it's very slow. It, you know, people come to me and they said, I've been, I've been watching your, your um, Insta tag for three years and I think it's time that I come and see you, uh, which reminds think, me of how, how I found you. I was just going to say that sounds very familiar because that's, <laughs> that's pretty much what you said to me when you first got in touch. I did, I did. I needed something that was um, a little bit more intricate because of the hub of modalities that I have. It's a bit complex. I, I wanted it to have all the information on it, be, but be really easy to navigate. And I have been stalking you, Marie. Um, I think since before lockdown. And then I did, I think I did a marketing, I did a marketing course with you. And I was after thinking, yeah, I've definitely got to have a site with her. And then lockdown happened, which stored it. There've been so many, so many times that I've almost invested and then something stored it. Um, I think I came to you in 2022 and we started the ball rolling with that. That's right. right. Yes, it was. And I just want to just touch on what you said there. We're all so impatient. We want to put a post out on Instagram or have a new website, whatever it might be, and immediately think we should have a rush of people coming to us. But it often doesn't work like that. And I know you are not alone in telling me that you've been following me for years. Or I get a lot of clients who've met me at, say, a networking event three years ago. And sometimes it's just a case of waiting for the right time. And patience is probably the most underrated virtue in, in, in business. Now, I'm not saying you should just be patient because if you're just not doing anything and just waiting for people to come, then that's not going to help you at all. But I think sometimes we are very impatient when it comes to our marketing. And sometimes you've just got to give things enough time to work if, you, if you're putting in the effort. So it's interesting that you said that about your business as well. That yeah, and I think, I think it's really important, um, if I can add, is that it's, it's actually trusting and knowing who you are whilst you're running your business so and what else you have going on so for me i have another business i'm a single parent of two teenagers and um sorry everyone to know what i'm talking about just hysterical hysterically laughing about the fact that i've got teenagers it's only so many hours in the day and i i am very ambitious i always have been very ambitious but i know the minute my body starts to tell me it will, it will tell me that it's stressed. I know I've just got to rein it in. So, and I, I am blessed with a really good business coach that helps me with that as well. She's invaluable. I don't employ staff, but I do outsource because I can't, can't do everything. So, hence outsourcing to you. But 
I have a VA that I use and a business coach and um, you know, various other people that help me from time to time. But I think I think my approach to life generally is to be intuitive, to trust my gut, to to stagger things, to be patient, and um, but but for that for that pacing of that process, not to stifle my ambition or creativity. I recently coached uh, this incredible lawyer. I coached her back in 2021, and I've just coached her again recently because she's just had another sort of junction to navigate. Um, without sort of breaking client confidentiality, the problem for her is that she felt incongruent because she felt she had to be this persona at work, but she could be her real person, her authentic self in her private life. And so, well, what's to be from being that person in your work? And that then became her objective to find something that was more in line with actually who she just wanted to be. Mm. And and it's amazing how many people say, well, in 10 years, I'll give up my job and retire because, you know, I just can't be the person I want to be. And I just found that really sad. What, I mean, what are you waiting for? Just if, And I know there's, uh, there's financial responsibilities. That I know it's not as easy as that. But I think if, um, you know, you, you can think of yourself more as the whole person in your in your business and you know, I have to look after myself in order to keep growing my business. And, and I, um, I'm very, I am patient with it. Fundamentally, I'm pa- I have to be patient with it. Um, <laughs> and you were very patient with me coming to work with you because it did take a while. But um, I, I do want to add a little bit about that because I, I checked in with you in 2022, probably in April. We were looking to try and launch by the end of the year, but then my own midlife stuff got in the way and my mum my sadly passed away and you were really kind you were really kind to me around that time you just naturally stalked that um I think if I can just say a couple of really great things about you because you might not ask me what I think of the great things about you um, <laughs> I'm not going to stop you <laughs> I am from a design background I know what I want aesthetically and so I, was, I think I was able to give a really clear brief but I think your interpretation of that was spot on you gave me some options to um to choose from i already have my um beautiful um photographic my, my branding photography and film from this beautiful photographer called saskia at betray uh, betray your story um which it kind of needed it just needed a really simple backdrop to slot into I had all my corporate colors sorted out so i knew what i wanted and i think i think having been a creative coach for for 16 years even that is the balance to be able to say what you want and work with somebody and kind of trust for their, them to bring their knowledge into the situation. So I guess that's the same with all business when you're building teams, you're kind of trying to um, take all of various qualities from individuals and understand how they function. So if somebody's more productive, you might pair them up with somebody who is more um, meticulous and so maybe the job gets gets done quickly, but there's somebody there to cross all the T's and dot all the I's. Um, I definitely felt it was like that with you. You interpreted the brief really well. You were really supportive when I had my own stuff going on as well. And I'm just, I, I, I love how I feel like I've got somebody there just to help me grow that because I'm at a point now if I need to change some of the copy and maybe add a few pages. It just feels really good that I've got that partnership with you. Um, so, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of the process that we, we had and I'm really grateful. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you so much. And when I go into projects with a new client it's always for me it's going to be a long-term endeavor I don't mean it's going to be a long time to, te- to build the website oh, but yeah. um 
but I always think beyond the website or beyond the time of building that website. And obviously I offer a maintenance program, but also most of my clients, I have about a 95% retention rate year on year. And it's rare for clients to leave. It's usually because they're closing down their business. But that's because for me, it's a hugely important part of what I do, which is that I'm there for you beyond building that very first website that I've built. And it is a lot of clients coming to me at the moment about authenticating their their emails, um, which is not strictly web design, but that's something which I help uh, people with as well. And like you say, new pages, businesses grow, businesses change, and your website should always reflect where you want your business to be so it's it's never just done and as far as I'm concerned it goes on a shelf and it never gets looked at again until three four five years time when somebody decides oh I need a whole new website it should always be evolving and obviously you saying that actually when I when I met you first I've known you for four years met you online but I think we met at a networking event and you said oh your website's never finished (laughs) and I first of all thought oh and then I thought well, that's true because you're always evolving it, right? It's kind of you, you coach around your own experiences, you mentor around those experiences, but um, you, you always evolve. We're always changing and evolving. So why wouldn't your website? Yeah, absolutely. And you were a great client to have as well because I'd forgotten that you were a creative director. And sometimes when you're working with people who have a, a very fixed vision, it's fine. I can work within that and I can deliver within a vision. But also it's lovely that you are able to give me the space, that you were able to give me the space to deliver what I thought would work for you within the boundaries that we effectively put on on it creatively with colours and what you liked and, and those kind of things. So uh, so thank you for that as well. It was a great well, partnership. Well, you're welcome. I think again, that comes from experience of having worked in that arena of having to commission people to do that process. You know, and I think coming back to running your own business, I think if, if you know, you can get super stressed about running your own business, if you can just find the right people and trust them and take a step back, you'd be amazed at the different um, angles that people can attribute to your business and, and how, in fact, you can take it in a direction maybe you haven't thought about. So, um, yeah, it's, I love it. <laughs> I love, and I, I, I think everybody's creative, but I don't believe for a minute that there's not somebody on this planet that doesn't have an inkling of creativity in them because whether creativity comes in writing or painting or uh, writing code, you know, I think we're all creative beings. So, uh, but it's great when you can collaborate with somebody. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and I still love your website. So uh... <laughs> um, before we move on, just can you please tell people where they can find you? So your website and your socials, and I will put the links to these in the show notes anyway, but if you can tell people. So um, you can find me at hubofhappy.co.uk. Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, which I think is hub underscore of underscore happy. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. I forget what that is. I think that will build hub of happy. I'm not quite sure. Um, that's where you can find me, just those three. I'm not, I'm not currently very active on Facebook. I'm trying to fall back in love with it. But... <laughs> they wounded me. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel wounded by Facebook as well. I much prefer Instagram, although even there I go somewhat hot and cold depending upon how busy I am. So I want to just come on to some quick fire questions. First of yeah. all, favourite podcast? Oh, do you know what? I think that's probably got to be the very first one I ever listened to, which is by Dr. Rongon Chatterjee, which is, I think, uh, what was it, Live, Feel Better, Live More. Yeah, feel better to live more. I, I came across it 
I came across it on, I think there was this thing I came across online called the Human Longevity Project, which was American, but there were a lot of well-being practitioners being interviewed and he was talking about launching a podcast. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. But then it was actually a friend of mine who's a nutritionist that signposted me to him. What I loved about it, and it, I could, I'm thinking about it now, it gave me goosebumps, um, is that here was somebody who was regarded in um, medicine who was at long last giving sort of um, giving credit to historical modalities, to modalities that were perceived as woo-woo. Um, you know, acupuncture, for example, you know, people... Um, Medicine has put people under uh, MRI and they scan their brains as they've got needles in them, for example. So, but he just—I loved him. He just thought about everything, and I love the marriage of—I love the marriage of science and well-being and these more historic. I mean, massage, for example, it's—it's it's ancient. You can see it. You can see it in the inscriptions in in the pyramids, for example. It's ancient. There was a time where it wasn't. It was a time where you know it was—it fell out of fashion. Um, but what I love about his work is just how um, he's kind of giving kudos to things that people may question or think are a bit out there and um, he's just backing them up, really. And that, uh, For me, if if these modalities and therapies can be given a bit of kudos, it just means that people who wouldn't have considered them do, and that means that well-being is um, prevalent, if that makes sense. It, it does. And it's interesting, I, I haven't done a tally, but I suspect his podcast is probably the most yeah. recommended one on this programme, which is interesting because yeah. um, it's not a business one, which is fine because I asked questions, not meaning business podcast, but it, I, I think it shows probably my audience in terms of health and well-being and how important that is. And also listening you know, to people who actually have the human touch as well as the authority and the experience to be able to talk about things well with authority um definitely obviously Having, well-being is a massive industry so you know it's it's you know it's business in a sense but interestingly he he's a huge fan of another guy called rich roll who's american and um was probably a bit of a pioneer around talking around those kind of things as well so i also love his podcast but yeah i think it's the um feel best to live podcast for me fabulous and favorite business book I don't have one. I don't have one because I don't read business book. But and I, I think it's because um, I'm really intuitive with how I approach business. I realise that as I was talking to my business coach just last week. It's just I approach it in a way where I kind of it, it, there is a structure to how I approach it. I do have goal setting and I kind of, but I, it has to just feel right. So I think if I were to give give a book would help people with that again it would be something more to do with um mindset so there is this neuroscientist that i've got a bit of a girl crush on called dr tara Swar, and the book is called the source it's about opening your mind and changing your life essentially and she um initially i think she trained in uh, psychiatry and then she trained in neuroscience and she's an executive coach yeah she's a businesswoman um but what I love about the book is it talks about um, how your brain works and how you can apply that to create things you want in life, how to manifest the things you want in life. So that's definitely the approach I take in my business. So that, 
it's, it's, again, it's it's all related to the, the business to me. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I tend not to read um, Elon Musk type things. <laughs> That's all right. We'll let you off. <laughs> They're not, they're not for everybody. And besides which I'd say mindset is so important um, in business. Um, and finally, a piece of business advice that you would give to you listeners of the podcast. Well, I have a quote. I have a quote by Wayne Dyer, um, my favourite quote. Uh, if you change the way you look at things, things you look at change. And I think that applies to business and your personal life. And like I said before, they're integrated. So I, I, I am me. When you see me at a networking event, when you see me, um, it, I don't actually go to the pub that much, but if you see me out and about, I am the same person more or less wherever I am. I might have to behave myself a little bit more if I'm at a networking event than I would be if I'm at a dinner party, but I'm essentially the same. So I just think that um, this sectioning off of who you are according to what you do, I just don't feel like it applies to me. But I think what I love about these quotes is that we all have, the ability to change the way we look at things, including the way we run our business, including the way we create things that we want to do. So for me, it is a business, but I talk about it. It's not my identity. This is a practice for me. I'm going to be constantly practicing of being the best coach that I can be. It's a practice. It's ongoing. Like you said about the website, it's constantly evolving. And my business will be doing that. So I'll be constantly looking at the way that I can change it and grow it. So it kind of, it kind of applies. But that's the only advice I could give is to be open minded, to trust that things will change around you, which you won't have control over, but you can change the way you look at things. Um, so if we can learn to look at stressful situations or experiences differently, they can fit more peacefully with us, for example, and therefore we can make space or room for something else. Again, in our personal life or in our business or our practice. That's really good advice. Thank you so much, Paula. That's been a fantastic um, chat that we've had. I've loved it. Thank you so much for, for inviting me on to share because I do love talking about what I do. <laughs> You're <laughs> very welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Marie. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Kitchen Table podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do follow or subscribe to be informed of new episodes. And don't forget to share with a friend. Thank you so much.